Coming up next on The Jeff Crilly Show, you'll meet a man who is living his faith every single day. His story just ahead. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. For left the dumps news from tonight, Jeff Crilly, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. Well, I have always been attracted to larger-than-life characters. I have people come in and out of my life, and, and many of them started with uh, me recognizing that they have this aura about them. Uh, Gene DeBose is one of those people. He's with DeBose uh, Litigation, and you can tell he's a snappy dresser. <laughs> we hosted the Harvard Business School Club of Dallas uh, event about a week ago, and Gene, and I think you wore—I uh, think you were wearing a hat, weren't you? I always wear a hat. Yeah. And, and uh, I believe it was a bow tie. That's his, yeah, it was his a bow tie. signature. That, that's me. And so, <laughs> yeah. so we just started talking, and I said, you need to come on my television show. So, uh, and I, I'll also tell you this. So I had prepared the wrong show. I had prepared a show about your legal career, and just before Boy. he says, don't want to talk about it. And, and I said, okay, what do you want to talk about? He says, I want to talk about my faith. So, uh, Gene, tell us more about, well, first of all, your upbringing, because you're, you're from well, New York, is that right? Yeah, I was born in New York City. I had uh, parents who were both Phi Beta Kappa English majors. Um, both my grandfathers were Presbyterian ministers. My dad was born in China as the uh, son of a Chinese Presbyterian minister, and um, I, there was no... There was no God in my life. Mm. Uh, matter of fact, the God I got was in public school. Because in public school in those days, we used to read every morning from the King James Bible um, some of the Psalms. And the, I love language. And that language just resonated with me. And, but that was it. You know, and yes. which, what I want to tell you about a little bit about how awful my childhood was, where there was no room for God to be present in it. Well, well and how that. Changed. I want let's put up a, a couple of pictures, and these are like baby pictures. Um, okay, there's a kid. See that kid? Yeah. He's. What do you say about that kid? Uh, I would say joyful. There he is a joyful <laughs> kid. Yes. And now here's him shortly after. That is not a joyful kid. Mm. I'm going to tell you how that happened. Um, well, first of all. I'm an addict. I got in recovery. I went to a, uh, a therapist, besides going to rehab, which was a oh, wonderful place. God was watching over it. And I told him, I said, you know, every time I break up with a girl, I have this um, um, feeling that my chest is crutch crushing and that I could die and uh, and that I've lost something really, really wonderful. And I said, 
what is that? They said, well, you know, maybe that's a, uh, a body memory. I said, what's a body memory? And he said, well, sometimes emotions cannot be expressed and they cannot be remembered consciously, but they will uh, work themselves into your body. And so when things remind them of that incident, these physical manifestations come up. And so I said, well, what do you think it is? How do I get to it? So he said, think about it. Close your eyes. So I'm thinking about it. You know, I got some cloudy little bits of light and shadows and stuff like that. So I'm in the shower, and in the shower, I was said to my, I was thinking, you know, I've lost. I was, I, I had lost. It's having lost something feminine, so to say. It's got to be my mother. Maybe it was I lost my mother when. Uh, you know, my dad came back from being in the army in World War II, and then she wasn't paying attention to me. So I'm in the shower, and I say to myself, I wonder, could it be a birth memory? And it was like cymbals crashing on my head, and a voice said, yes, it was. And then it all made sense. Like, I think when you're just a little kid like that, all you're seeing is light and stuff like that. You don't have a context to do it. Well, I now have context. That light I saw was the was an operating room, uh, and the lights were shining on me, and all those shadows with the head and torso and arms of the doctor and the nurse. And I knew something about that. Uh, my mother's birth. She said she had uh, a um, had anesthesia. They didn't have the spinal things. The problem with the anesthesia, full anesthesia, with a baby is then they sometimes have trouble breathing. Uh. I'm having trouble breathing. I'm filled with earth. That fits. I've lost something feminine. It's my wife. But the real gift in this memory was that golden thing I had lost. That was heaven. That was where God was speaking to me in his melodic voice, and it was incredibly wonderful. Wow. Now, the reason I have those pictures up there that you've just seen is, um, you know, how did I get that memory? Nobody remembers it. Right? As a matter of fact, I, I said that to a psychiatrist once, and he said, I don't believe me. Typical psychiatrist. If somebody said something like that to me, I'd say, really? Let me know about it. Um, <clears throat> when I was born, my mother never held me. She never cuddled me or anything. The reason I know this, I have two sets of pictures photographs at six weeks and 12 weeks after I was born. And you know, it's six and 12 weeks because they were on the back. On that, I am on a sofa cushion, on a wooden floor, and nobody's, I get some fingers, that's it. So I ended up being a touch-deprived kid. The other side of this is, I was in a family where the majority of my male relatives, father, uncles, and that, were pedophiles. Touch-deprived kid, pedophile family, not a good picture. And what my recovery was, first of all, was getting those memories back. The first one was this birth memory. Um, let's say the second one was probably, well, a, a there are lots of, of memories. Well, it, I had become a Catholic, but I wasn't 
because a friend of mine from law school uh, who came down here, I mean, uh, from Harvard, he was a colleague on the Harvard Law Review, um, we were three people from our class who came down to Harvard in 1980. He was here before me out of a class of 400 because nobody was going to this you know, down here. And we got to be friends. He was Catholic. I said, you know, maybe I want to do that. So I became a Catholic, but I didn't really understand what it was all about. But one of the things I, I believed was the real presence in the host. In other words, that that piece of bread that I'm taking is the actual body of Christ. That's a weird thing for somebody to believe as a reason for becoming a Catholic. Well, my first rehab, God showed me. I took a host in, you know, I was in the, in the rehab, and this silver light came flowing through me with little golden cubes in it. I said, yeah, it's real. <laughs> wow. So, and God's been doing a lot of that, a lot of time. The, uh, the neck, I went there, then I went to rehab at a place called the Meadows, which is basically built on the uh, wonderful work of a woman named Pia Melody. Um, but while I was there, I had a recurrent suicidal dream. And in the suicidal dream, I'm stepping up onto a bench, just like a park bench, uh, and there's a hill that flows down from that bench. And I get on the bench and I leap out, and that's where I die. Okay. So I said, yeah, I wonder what that's about. And so one day when we were in group, I said, well, let's take a look at that. So I started to take a look at it. It, it came, it was a videotape. I'm in our car. I'm not sure who's driving, my mother or my father. We're driving along uh, over to Riverside Drive. This is Riverside Park in New York City, going down to the Hudson, off to my right. We go up to the apartment building. I go up in the elevator. My uncle is there. My uncle goes down in the elevator with me. He takes me to a church, a giant church. There are many men dressed in black. Every man dressed in black has a little boy with him. And on the altar, a woman with a knife kills The reason I used to have that suicide dream is I would rather have died than experience that. I mean, the sexual abuse there was nothing compared to watching this horror. Well, so I get these horrors through me, but, and God's revealing all this stuff, and he is he's, he's communicating with me. But I'm still not there. Remember, I have not had any, my parents didn't know how to love me. They were, believe me, they were sexual abuse victims. And I have some concrete evidence with respect to my father and probable evidence with my mother. So they were just passing on what they've got. So, um, but I'm still, you know, I am really, well, the, the, the real gift that I got was my current wife. And I've told you, you know, she said, how long have you been married with her? And I said, well, obviously it's 17 years, five months, 22 days, and um, 
22 hours and <laughs> 39 minutes, but who's counting? Um, well, but I got it. I had a crazy woman thing. Um, if you lined up, because I hadn't dated, I was a lot of different women. If you lined up 100 beautiful, accomplished, intelligent women, I would end up with the only one who is getting secret messages from the CIA in her dental work. Nutcase. And I also, I had a list. Every guy has a list. We're not going to admit it, and we're not going to say to anybody what's on the list. But I had a woman who checked all the boxes on the list. Unfortunately, there was not a box on the list that said not crazy. But in any case, so from the many times, and I went back to the Meadows a lot. I, I, I had a full-time thing. They ran a week-long program called uh, Survivors, and I went back to it again and again uh, because, and there I would get little doses of God that would lift me up and carry me along. Used, one, used to be a wonderful place. They abandoned God. They're not, they're not as good as they used to be. But anyway, one of the things I had, uh, Pia Melody is big on on Alan on, and I knew that Alan on was where I needed to be. Alan on is normally for people who are married to alcoholics or have a relationship with them, and they're all worried about them and all that. And I, I never was that, but I knew that I needed to be there to get over this woman. So I got into there, and I. Um, Well, this last crazy woman, the ultimate crazy woman, I was going there to get away from her. The, the, wrong, the one real gift I got from her is the realization I was a really good dancer. And the reason I knew from her was she was a trained dancer and she could follow anything I did. She was wonderful to dance with. And the one thing I really wanted to get, you know, I, was, if I started out on a relationship, I would end up with another crazy woman. All I wanted was a dance partner. So I mentioned this to a woman in Alan and she said, maybe you should go out with my sponsor, Jay. Uh, Jay never cracked any jokes in the meetings. I said, boring. And so I said, well, give, I'll give it a whirl. And uh, she, uh, I thought about her, she was really boring. I was wrong. She thought I was a really smart guy who was stupid to women. She was right. So we go out. And we're going to go, um, there's a Catholic Lawyers Guild, and we were having our dinner, and after the dinner, we're going to go dance. So I go there, and I take her hand, and she's getting out of the car, and I felt something go up my arm. I have a friend that that happened to. And that happened with a, a woman who had been friends for years, and they've been married for 25 now. But I didn't notice that. But after the mass, we went across the street for the dinner. I'm with a bunch of lawyers and guys I've known for decades. And we getting into that guy thing, you know, where you start dumping on each other and, you know, it's right up soon. And then, then we get into the meeting and we went to, to the table. Uh, and they all ended up there. And, and, and Jay and I, my, my wife, ended up, but we weren't sitting together. And the guys got into this thing, dumping on each other. And she jumped in. And at that moment, I said, I want that woman in my life. And I told her the next day, you know, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Because uh, once we went dancing, best dance partner I ever 
had. No matter what we did, we'd always end up together. The band loved us because we would change what we did when they changed their music. And eventually, the, the guy who owned the restaurant came to us at oh, 1 o'clock and said, please go home. <laughs> Let the band go home. I want to go home to my wife. And uh, she said she didn't make her decision that day. But at that time, she was um, seven and a half years a widow. And she had danced with her husband all the time. And after she was about, about a year after he had died, she sponsored all kinds of women, I think about 25 women in, in Alma. And they said, look, you got to go out. you got to go dancing with us. Just get out into life. And she went out. And she danced with people, but she never danced in an embrace mm. until that night. So let me ask you this, Gene. How do you think God is uh, working through you? I mean, how? what do you feel like your mission on the planet is? Well, now? right now, my... Uh, my mission is kind of uh, narrower than it, than it was before. Um, about a year or so ago, my wife's a brilliant woman, ran businesses for herself, just incredible mind. But I started noticing that her mind was slowing down. And we've gone to some people, and she, these, uh, the, she has the Alzheimer's gene from her parents, and uh, well, from her mother, probably. And we've got her in a, there's a program, Alzheimer's no longer a death sentence. So we got her in, in that program. But about four months ago, I made a decision that, you know, I, I was taking her for granted and I might lose her. Now, one of the things I learned from her is when her husband died after eight years of illness, she regretted that she hadn't played golf with him because she was, she was a workaholic. And I said, that's not going to happen to me. And I took my wife and put her ahead of my practice, just after God, but ahead of my practice. And I now make sure, you know, we, we spend time together. Uh, and just she is the center of, of what I do. And it's changed my life. And... The joy of my life is the time I spend with her. So, you know, people call up in, in my practice, and it's, right now it's, it's not very busy at all to just to give me uh, time with her, I'm sure. Um, but what I did, you know, the, um, you know, when I first saw the 12 steps, I saw the 12 steps as something conscious contact with God. I wanted that. I'd always wanted that. I didn't know how to get it, but I was getting that. I've, I've done some work. There's um, a thing called mental prayer. A, a French priest named uh, Jacques Philippe uh, and Saint uh, Catherine of Siena writes about it. So I've been doing some of, some of that sort of work. But um, what, what I really came to realize that the first step of the 12 steps is we are powerless over our addiction. And we had to give ourselves to God. Once I really realized how powerless I was, then I could just say, God, let me tell me what to do. Right now, all he's telling me to do is to take care of my wife. 
make sure sometimes she gets confused, sometimes she gets lost. And um, my love for her has just grown. Um, last, a year ago, January 14th, the mother of God came to me in mass and showed me a foreview of heaven. Absolutely astounding and just blew me away. This last summer, he came to me and he said, one of the ways, the way I showed how much I loved you was to give you this woman for your wife. Because I would not have achieved any of this without her. She's, you know, I, I, I jokingly say that she's an angel and I keep looking around the house for her wings. But I'm not sure that's not true. Mm. She's, you know, my Reiki master did some work on her and said she is a very, very pure person. Plus, you know, we have 15 grandkids, too. You're, you're incredibly blessed. And I, I don't know if you, I, can, I, I, you, can, you can see it in his eyes. But he, <laughs> he tears up when he talks about his bride. Gene, we unfortunately only have a couple minutes left. So get to what you would like to hear. What I, what I want you to do is talk to the viewer. Because there's a lot of people, um, I think, running from their faith or, or spending too much time uh, burying it, blocking God out. What do you want to say to that person who um, is doing that right now? Yeah. I, I'm almost without advice because I had the gift of an addiction, which is making me do dangerous things in dangerous places with dangerous people. My life was in danger. And because of that, I turned to recovery, and recovery led me to God. You know, my shoeshine guy is a long-term Narcotics Anonymous recovery guy. And he says, I don't shine shoes, I wash feet. Um, I don't have any advice to anybody on how to get there. For me, God was always there knocking at the door. I was incapable, since I hadn't experienced love, I couldn't know it when I heard it. I, I am now experiencing it really for the first time in my life, and it's these last few months. Uh, so that when I say to my wife, I love her, it really mean, I really mean it. She was great. She grew up in Poland under the Soviet occupation. People, it was God, our worst place in the world for a child to grow up. But she knew that her parents loved her completely. She always knew she was loved. And at the age of four, she knew that God was there for her too. I didn't have that. And, you know, she needed that to get through Poland. I needed all this stuff to happen for me to get through this awfulness that had been my family. I don't have advice for other people. You know, and, and the question, I, you know, you had the guy with no arms or legs. Huh? You yeah. show me that. You know, I have a question for him. I want to ask him, how did he get there? I know where he is. How did he get there? Because maybe that has some clues to me. Maybe from what somebody hears from me, it'll give them some clue. But I, you know, God has not put me in a position of giving advice to anybody on that. I have lots of advice about how to deal with problems in life, uh, you know, because I've had as a lawyer, I see all kinds of things, and I can usually get a good advice to get through them so that they're not eating their lunch. 
But I think I think you have done it, even without giving advice. Just sharing your story is uh, not hiding your light under a bushel, as it well, says in the Bible. Well, th- this is the first time I, I, I've told my story a few times, but this is the first time I've really focused on getting to God and, and how God. It was the hound of heaven. He was after me mm-hmm. because, I mean, he said, I, I've showed you how much I love you by giving this woman. So he was loving me all the time. I wasn't capable of receiving it. Wow. And now I am. I, I wish I could tell people how to do it. I, I can't. I, I think you're wonderful. You're a, you're a beautiful person. And I, I can't thank you enough for sharing your story with us. We're going to end uh, with his website, which is uh, DeBoseLegalGroup.com. Well, it's still, we named, used to be a legal group when there was more than one of us. I, I, am, yeah. I had, when, I, when it was just me, I changed it to DuBose Litigation. Yes. So DuBose mm-hmm. Litigation. Outstanding. Uh, the great Gene DeBose, thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. You bet. I appreciate it. God bless you.